Welcome to Living Word, growing a family that experiences every promise of God. You're listening to another life-changing word from Pastor Scott Anderson. For more information, visit our website at livingwordonline.com. Give a big hand clap to those that are watching us on podcasts and vidcasts and upcasts and all the different casts that are out there. Don't forget, if you're watching right now, have fun in the comments. Have fun, interact with one another, but like it and then share it. You don't know how God's going to get this out there. In front, it takes you one second. Go boop, just a little quick boop, and it gets shared. And the annoying lady at the office watches it. She changes. You get a raise, promotion, and everything is great because you simply hit the share button on there. Don't forget about our daily Bible study that me and my brother do Monday through Friday, and it's called Wake Up. It's the number one daily Bible study on YouTube, and if you go there, search out daily Bible study. We have a prayer for your day. We give you scripture for your day, and we have a whole lot of fun, so I encourage you. What a great way to kind of kick off your day. I know a lot of parents that I've been hearing, they, they listen to it on the way as they're driving their kids to school or in the morning or while they're watching breakfast. It makes a pretty big difference in the young people's lives. So a, a prince, he was arrogant, just an arrogant, mean, mean to all the, 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 the people in the, in, in the village and the place. Uh, one day he was just mean to this older woman, and she put a curse on him. And the curse said, you won't be able to speak anymore, but you'll get one word every year. And every year you can, stay, you can save them up if you want and have two words the second year, three words the third year. But you'll continue not be able to speak until you can get a woman to say I do when you ask her verbally if she'll marry you. Well, of course, he was frustrated and mad, but then he ran into this peasant girl who long, red hair, beautiful, but more importantly, she was beautiful on the inside. She was kind to everyone. She was loving. She was caring. And they enjoyed each other's company immensely. And they began to spend every day and most of the day together. And he began to help her out, do the things she did. And she was different than anyone else that he'd ever met in the court. He'd never met anyone like this. And he said to himself, this is the woman that I want to marry. And he's like, I got to save up. Will you marry me? I need four years. I'll just save up those four words and I'll ask her on the fourth year. And the first year flew by and the second and the third year flew by. And finally, it was the fourth year. And he was excited as he planned the perfect little picnic by one of their spots that they, they spend their time together. It was their spot and overlooking the lake and a couple little hills out there. And the sun was just gently going down. And all of a sudden, a shooting star had gone across the sky. And she was staring at the shooting star. And he turned to her. And he said, will you marry me? She pulled her hair back and looked at him and said, I'm sorry, what did you say? <laughs> Who's ready for the word today? Anybody out there? Come on. Open up your Bibles to Ephesians 2.10. Our sermon today, our, our, our series that we're on is on purpose. Your kids say that all the time. Well, he did that on purpose. She did that on purpose. You meant to. They meant to do that. And it got me thinking, what if we did life on purpose? What if you gave your best on purpose? What if you were loving and kind and encouraging on purpose? What if you were an amazing spouse on purpose, an amazing friend? On, what if you were a great teenager to your parents? Like, you know how to do that. You just did your chores on purpose. You were kind on purpose, right? You honored your parents on purpose. What a, an incredible life we would live if we did the great things on purpose. Our scripture, our staple scripture in here is Ephesians 2.10. For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. 
So many people get like, well, I don't have what it takes, and I, I don't know for the problem that's up there. And you have to realize that in advance, God gave you everything that you need to do life on purpose, to have and to conquer and to have a victorious life that goes from generation to generation, in a sense, to touch the world that you are in and leave a legacy of something that you made a difference in this world, to have lived a life that is on purpose over my 30 years of pastoring, so many teachings out there on purpose have been taken wrong or, or misdiagnosed. They, they, they've applied them in a wrong way, or maybe they were even taught wrong, in a sense that it got people to be looking for a purpose. Well, I got a purpose, pastor, for my life, and they would maybe quit their job, or they make big life decisions trying to find this one purpose, right? Go backpacking across Europe. I'm just trying to find my purpose, pastor, which... Purpose is not something that we go out and find. Instead, purpose is something that is revealed to us. Purpose isn't something that's out there somewhere, right, that we have to go hunt down. But instead, as, as, as my brother said last week, purpose is something that is brought to you. So many people treat purpose like it's the Amazon thing they ordered, and they would drive around town looking for the Amazon truck that has their order in it. And so you just wait at your house. It's going to arrive right at your house. How many people know? Come on, somebody. Your purpose, God will bring it right to your doorstep. And as Jason had talked about last week, it's through greatness. When I'm great. See, purpose isn't somewhere in the future because people are like, okay, when, when, when I get to my purpose, then I'll start to make a difference. Not realizing that purpose is right now, right where you're at, begin to live on purpose. Just be great where you're at. God will use that. David was just great as a shepherd boy. He learned how to do the sling. Well, how is God going to use a sling to make you king? I don't know how. Be great at the AM, PM if you're there. Be the greatest slurpy maker they've ever had. How is God going to use it? I don't know, but I do know this, that God works through our greatness. When we do great things in a great way, when we do little things in a great way, God uses it. Right? As long as we're doing our life on purpose. And we said this a couple weeks ago, that your purposes, like, there's not one single purpose. I've got an infinite, nearly infinite amount of purposes in my life. And I have to be like a river that is flowing, like water that flows. And wherever I go, I, I bring refreshing. Right? It's refreshing to be around you. It's refreshing to be around. Right? I bring life where I go. I'm carving even into the impossible, the things that seem unmovable, is what God is using me to carve into this world, to bring beauty, to bring life wherever I go. But that same water that brings these great things, if it stops moving, it becomes stagnant. That your purpose was meant to be revealed as you were stepping into it, right? Just little steps and little steps each day. And every day I'm carving my way through this thing called life. And my purpose is revealed day by day by day until I get to the end of my life. Like a puzzle, I'm able to look, look at all of the differences that God was able to do in my life. I lived a life on purpose. But if you're not moving, you're stagnant. The same thing that, that brings life begins to bring death, brings smell. Because right when you're not moving in life, it's just a smelly life. We have to move in this lifetime. Today we're going to talk about one, the biggest thing I believe that the devil uses to keep us from moving. But two, how do we overcome it? How do, how do, how do we get our life back to moving? Right? How do I get back into, into making a difference in the world that God has put me in? Our scripture that we've uh, been using is Genesis 1.20, which is the fifth day principle, I call it. And God said, let the water team with the living creatures and let the birds fly above the earth across the vault of the sky. 
So God created the great creatures of the sea and every living thing with which the water teems and that moves about in it according to the kind and every winged bird according to its kind and God saw that it was good. See, the fish and the birds understand things that humans don't. The fish goes, right, I can only move in what I was created for. So many Christians, they can't move because they're trying to move in what they weren't created for. And we said this last time that you're, you're trying to be a bird in a bowl. You're a fish in a tree, right? But don't be a fish in a tree. Be a fish in the water. Be great where you're at. Don't be great where somebody else is at. You were given gifts and talents that nobody else has ever been given. And you're trying to be like this person. And you're trying to be like that person. Be you. Nobody else is like you. Stop trying to be a bird in a bowl. Just because that's the way that they are. And the things that they got. And how come they have success in theirs? And the same thing goes in your relationship. Don't make, try and make your marriage like somebody else's marriage that you saw on social media, which is a fake one anyway, because guess what? What they're saying on there isn't really what's happening behind closed doors. And so you're trying to in imitate something that doesn't even exist. Instead of just being great in your marriage that God gave you. Just be great where you're at. And so the thing that the devil uses, the biggest thing that he uses in our life, is he uses uh, comparison and contrast that we're looking and jealousy and envy gets in there and I saw and I want like this and I want like that and I want what they have instead of enjoying what you have so you know you can't move and enjoy what you got as long as you're trying to live in what they got because you're a fish in a bowl I mean you're a bird in a bowl you're a fish in a tree here's our scripture throw that next scripture up there for me Betsy Galatians 6, 4, each one should test their own actions, test your own life. Then they can take pride in themselves alone without comparing themselves to someone else. You spend your time as a bird comparing yourself to the super cool, you know, bird that's flying up above. Or you're a bird and you're flying, you're like, well, it would be cool if I could be down in the sea. You're like Ariel, who, right, who has got a super cool things down below the ocean. But I want what they have up there, right? I want what's up on land instead of and causing a big old mess, instead of just enjoying the things that God has given you. Social media is, I, I, let me say this. If social media upsets you, frustrates you, makes you compare, gets you into envy and jealousy, stop it. I'm just saying that. Come on, somebody out there. If you're following somebody, and every time you see them, they, they just frustrate you, then don't follow them. It's a very simple thing. Oh, my God, look what she said now, right? You got on there. Oh, and she got a brand new car. She's like, look at my friends brought me today. Hashtag lovers for life. Hashtag sweet ride. Hashtag throw up all over myself, right? It's just so... Right? And then you're like, well, how come I can't have that? They can't have that either. They're paying $1,000 a month. You didn't even know about that. You could have that and finance that if you wanted to, but that isn't God's plan for you. So you want something that's outside of God's plan to put you in debt and have this thing that's weighing you down rather than experiencing what God has for you. And we get into comparing their life and their things and everything. If the news, watching the news is so frustrating to you, stop. I like uh, what this lady had wrote and, uh, written. Throw that up there, this quote. We are asked today to feel compassionately for everyone in the world to digest intellectually all the information spread out in the public print and to implement in action every ethical impulse aroused by our hearts and our minds. 
The interrelationness of the worlds links us constantly with more people than our hearts can hold, or rather I believe the heart is infinite. Modern communication loads us with more problems than the human frame can carry. Anne Lindbergh. What's crazy is she wrote that in 1954. Imagine what she'd say today. We are so inundated to care with so many things out there in the world that overloads us that we can't care for what's right in front of us. That this is, if everybody would just care with the people that's in front of them, then the world would be a caring place rather than worrying for about things that are happening in places you can't make a difference. Make a difference where you are at. God's like, make a difference here. You are not designed. We were not designed to have that much information that fast. Right? It, we, I shouldn't know that, that Joe in New York broke wind on right three minutes ago. I don't need to know that. But you know it. Right? Sally in Houston had a sandwich. And I'm like, oh, I didn't need to know that. There's so many things I don't need to know. But what I did need to know is the needs of my spouse. What I do need to know is the things that my children are going through. What I do need to know is the difference I can make with, right, with John down at the office who, who's going through a troubling time in his life and he had just lost his parent. Right? These are the things that I need to be concerned with. But the devil wants us to get concerned with so many things that we can't make a difference on so that we don't make a difference right where he has us, right where God has us right now today. Right? So in order to do this story, I've got to give you a little backstory. So me and Holly, in the first of the year, we get away to kind of plan our year out, to pray, to, to study. Holly's working on her book, right? And so when I'm packing, you know, where we're going is going to be a little cold, but we're going to want to dress up a little bit and go out to nice places to eat a little bit. You know, you know what I'm saying? They've got nice Arby's. Like, so we're going to have some good meals out there, <laughs> right? Uh, old country buffet. So it's, we're excited. <laughs> Nothing but the best for my baby. And so... I thought to myself, I'm like, I wish I had a nice jacket, like a nice cool jacket to go out with, and I don't, I don't, and I don't have one. I, and I said, God, I want a nice jacket. And I went into my closet, right? And I went, all of a sudden, there on the hanger, oh, was hanging. Jacket I've never bought. A beautiful, amazing, and later I found out it's called a bomber jacket. Didn't know these existed. From my era, we didn't have bomber jackets, right? And so I'm like, and I took it off the hanger, and I was like, it was glorious. And I put it on, it fit perfectly. Right, had little zippers on it and stuff. I came out and Holly saw me. She's like, oh my goodness, right? She's all, Whoa. right, no, I'm sorry. And so it, it just, no, it was, no, it was too much sexy for her. She couldn't even handle it. Like it was just, it was so much. No, even on, so we're on the trip and I got to be careful with it because it is a lot of sexy on me. And so, so we're on our trip. We're taking pictures and stuff. And all of a sudden I get a text from my son, Lakin. He goes, hey, you're wearing my jacket. Now, here's the thing. I'm not going to let my son take away God's blessing in my life. That was my blessing. You don't get to just take my blessing. So I told him, I, and I had to, in a loving way, use an old defense called finders keepers, loser weepers. You all remember that one? And I told him that. You can ask him. I said, no, that's my jacket now. He left in the house. He was in my closet. I'm wearing it, right? And so, but now I've been very concerned about him getting it. So... Either I wear it when he's over, because I know he can't get it from me. He's not strong enough yet, all right? <laughs> or I hide it when he's over. Those are the two things that I do. So I'll keep my jacket, right? So I got my awesome jacket. And so on Monday, Holly was uh, taping uh, her wake-up show for Saturdays. And so Lincoln needed somebody to watch all of my two-year-old granddaughter. I said, yeah, let Grandpa 
oh, oh, yeah, it'd be awesome. I have a great morning with her. And so right when they dropped her off, I was outside. They came up, and Olive sees me. She's running up, right? And she goes, hey, that's my daddy's jacket. I said, no, no, no. I said, that's grandpa's jacket. She said, no, that's daddy's jacket. I said, it's grandpa's jacket now. She goes, no, that's daddy's. I said, nope, I'm sorry. We're going to have to agree to disagree. This is my jacket. Right, so I got my jacket on, and me and Olive have a whole day planned. I'm very excited about this day with her, just me and her. She's two, and so she's, she's at the tail end of potty training, doing great. She's no diapers, just got her, got her undies on, uh, right? And so we're, we're doing our day. And our day started off, we're going to do the trampoline. She loves the trampoline, so we're going to jump on the trampoline, and then she will want to watch some super kitties. So we're watching the super kitties, and the whole goal was to get the fat cats. We're gonna, she wanted to grab go to fat cats. Yes, I'm going to take you to fat cats, we're going to go to fat cats. But then it was lunchtime, and I thought to myself, you know what? I haven't had in three years is my world-famous grilled cheese sandwich with the Fontana cheese and the gore, right, all the, right? And I thought, you know, it'd be great. I'll bless her with the, with, with, with the grilled cheese sandwich. So I went down to the store, which there's another story I was going to share, but this story came up, right? And the story at the store, and I got the, all the cheeses, went home, and I made it glorious with the right bread and everything. It was just glorious grilled cheese, right? We had a grilled cheese, right? And so then it was time to go to Fat Cats. And as so I'm taking her out to the car, I heard her, her belly make a noise. Let's call it an utterance. And I was like, I thought somebody said something, like I didn't know what it was. So I'm putting her up in her car seat, and, and I put her in there. She's like this. She's all, Ugh. and I'm like, Olive, you got to go potty. She goes, Ugh. I said, Olive, you got to go poopy. Do you have to go poopy? She goes, mm -mm. I think you do. She goes, nope. Let's go fat cats. I go, all right. Tuck her in. I'm driving. And I, and I look in the rear mirror because I can hear her grunting. I'm looking. And she's back there. And I go, Olive, do you have to go poopy? She goes, no. And then all of a sudden I heard, boom, I heard an explosion. And I go, Olive, do you have to go poopy? And she goes, no, I just did. I go, I know, yes, that's what I thought that was. So I don't have a diaper bag because she's fine. So I got to turn the, you know, around. I'm going to go all the way back home, right? And I get her out. And now this is way different than changing a diaper. This is not the same thing. Like I don't, I don't even know. So I'm trying to figure out how do I, how do we, and then she, her first words to me, she goes, Grandpa, don't get poopy on me. And I said, what, you already got poopy. Like, no, no, that's not my, my concern is not getting poopy on me. You already got poopy on you. I'm not, why is this my concern? So she, the whole time she's like, Grandpa, no poopy on me, no poopy. And I'm like, I got you, baby. I got you. And so it's real, and I get it, and I, I did it. I did a, a magnificent job, right? It was just through the underway. I didn't pay for it. And so, right? I was very concerned about my bomber jacket. My jacket on is all clean. Got nothing on the bomber jacket. So we're looking good. And I put her on. And then all of a sudden she goes, she goes, Grandpa, my belly hurt. I don't want to go to Fat Cats. You don't want to go to Fat Cats? She goes, no, I don't want to go to Fat Cats. And then she kind of started crying a little bit. I'm like, okay, 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 okay. So I put on the Super Kitties. And then I was like, oh, I got to clean up at the grilled cheese. Holly loves it when I leave it for her. But I said, you know what? I'll do it. I'll clean it up. And so I'm cleaning it up. And all of a sudden she comes in running. And she's like, okay, grab my belly, my belly. Right? And then there was a noise I've never heard. Right? It was like Revelations chapter 12. It was the seals were breaking noise that came from this little body. And I went, oh my God. And she looked at me and she goes, poopy. And then all of a sudden, I heard like a machine gun. It's like, pop, 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 pop. It's just, just explosion after explosion after explosion, right? I'm like, oh my gosh, right? And so she's like, oh, grandpa. I'm like, I know. Okay, 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 okay. And so I'm like, okay, well, here we go. I got the wipes. I turn it around. And I'm like, now I'm okay. She's like, don't get no poopy on me. I'm like, okay. It's hot, it's hot. Okay, here we go. And as I pull down, all of a sudden she goes, oh, 
Screaming, don't get poopy on me. No, I'm screaming. I'm like, she's like, you got me. right? And so I don't know what to do with this. So I just pick her, I grab, I just grab her, right? She finally does, and I pick her up, but my hands are just covered. Like it's all covered. So then it's she's like, you got poopy on me. You got, I'm like, you got poopy on me. She's like, no, you got poopy on me. I'm like, no, right? And so she's trying to push my hand away, and then she gets a big clump on her hand. And she goes, you got poopy on my hand. I go, no, you got poopy on your hand. You got poopy on Grandpa. She's like, ah. Right, and then she tries to wipe her tears, and then she goes, you got poopy on my face. No, it said, no, no. And so I just start running for the bathroom, but my feet are in it, so it's just like this. And then she's trying to stop on the door. It's on the wall. She's dragging it around the wall. It looks like a poopalooza. Like it was the craziest thing I've ever seen in my life. It's just like a poop grenade had gone off in the house. It was just everywhere, right? And I got her. She's just like, you got poop on me. I'm like, you got poop on me, right? And I put her down on her potty. And then she's like, you got poop on the potty. I'm like, you got poop on everything. <laughs> so I'm grabbing, like, you know those towels you're not supposed to get dirty? You're wiping. Like, I'm grabbing towels. I'm grabbing everything. I'm just wiping her all down. And finally, she gets a little bit of calm. And, and I'm like, you got poop on my jacket. And she goes, no, I got poop on daddy's jacket. And I go, you're right. You got poop on your daddy's jacket. And that's how Lakin got his jacket back. Come on, somebody out there. But isn't that what social media does? I touch a little poopy over here, and I get it over here and over there, right? And this person got something, and I get annoyed at that, and I take it into my relationship here, and I take some, and before long, I got the smell everywhere in my life of things that I shouldn't have been touching, right, with my mind, or getting on everything that I don't want to have the smell in my life. And before long, you don't have a good jacket anymore, right? You don't have the happiness and the peace and the joy that God wants you to have, because you're touching all the things that you were not designed to touch. You weren't designed to see everything everybody got every moment, all the time, right? And if you do do it, then here are the things that we got to do to be able to, to handle that. I'm going to give you three things that are fought out of two scripture passages here. First one's in 1 Thessalonians 5.16. So this is how you combat it. How do I combat comparison? How do I combat when people are getting things and, and it bugs me? How do I combat this stopping doing my purpose and touching the people in my life because so, I'm so concerned with other people getting in this world. Rejoice always. Somebody say always. always. Well, not always, right? Like not when they got something cool and I didn't get something cool, right? Do I rejoice when they got blessed and I didn't get blessed? Do I rejoice, right? It says rejoice always. No matter whether you're getting the blessing or somebody else is getting the blessing. No matter what's going on, no matter they got the promotion and you didn't get the promotion. It always fits in the always category. Rejoice always. Pray. Give thanks in all circumstances. For this is God's will. Go to the next scripture. Philippians 4. Rejoice in the Lord when? Always. always. Well, let me tell you one more time. I will say it again. Rejoice. Because you didn't get it. Let your gentleness be evident to all the Lord is near. Do not be anxious. Isn't that what happens? We see what other people are getting. It just stresses us out. It gets anxious. And look what their husband's doing. And look what their wife is doing. Like, look what they got about anything. But in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, 
Present your request to God and the peace of God, which transcends my understanding. I don't understand why they're getting all these things. And I don't understand why their life is that way in mine. I don't understand it. But guess what? The peace of God will do what? It will guard your hearts and your minds. See, the three things that we have to get into a habit of doing is, number one, rejoice. Number two, pray. Number three, be thankful. If you can live a life of doing just those three things, you'll be surprised at how happy you are. That I don't have to have money to be happy. I don't have to have a super cool trip to Europe to be happy. That I, I don't have to have my spouse take me out to a $500 meal to be happy. But instead, I can be happy right where I'm at with exactly what I got and be excited about what God is bringing into my future. It combats envy and things. I was able to rejoice. I grew up in a home. We had no money. We had none. We grew up broke. We broke poor. But we were always happy. We always, I had an incredible childhood, though I didn't have the super cool games. Everybody got in television for Christmas, and they got games. I got curtains one year, right? I did. I got curtains. I loved it. Absolutely. I remember it. I loved it. I got shelves another year. Jason got a bedspread. We got a trash can, right? But we were taught in every stage of life to always rejoice. We always rejoiced about what God had brought to us. We were always excited about what we got. No matter what was going on, my parents were like, look at how, God's, how great God is. I didn't know that other people, like I saw people go to their house, they had a pool table, had a swimming pool, right? They had super cool computers in the day and all the things. And me and Jason had a matchbox cars and a spoon. And some of the greatest days of my life were out back with my brother playing with our matchbox and our spoon. That we didn't have to have all the money and the cool stuff. What I needed to have is parents who continue to show me to rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. Be thankful for what you got. You got great parents. It's always grateful, always thankful. My parents always showed us the power of praying God's will into your life. That you don't have to have, right, your spouse take you out to a super expensive meal to have a great marriage. My parents had an incredible marriage, and once a month they'd go out to Denny's and split a dessert because that's the money they have. They would go out for a walk because relationship isn't bought, it's something that you invest in. It's not about what we got without there, it's about what we got right here. And learning just to rejoice, just to be happy with what you got. Yeah, they got a promotion. What do I do about that? I, I should have got the promotion. Rejoice for them. Be glad for them. Boy, they got a blessing. You don't know the things they're going through. You don't know what their life. So my job is simply to rejoice and be excited for them. And then I pray, hey, God, I know you got something great for me. And it's going to be your timing. It's going to be in your will. I know you're bringing it. And thank you, God, with thanksgiving. God, what I do have is a great job. And I got these things surrounding me. I begin to look. And what happens is you begin to look and see the great things that you got. See, when you're focused with the things you other people have, I can't enjoy the things that I do have. You can't enjoy your matchbox car and your spoon the way that you should because you're worried because Sally over here got the new super cool thing. So now I can't move and enjoy what I got. Well, look at her, right? You've been looking for a man for so long and then she got a man. You're like, well, look, and, she got, and she's a hoe. How did she get a man? I'm sorry. I mean that in a garden sense. Yeah, I'm the only one ever to say that. You're right. You didn't look on Facebook and say those exact words. Look, I ain't got no man. Rejoice for her. 
Because the man that God has for you is designed specifically for you in the timing that he has. But you won't find him until you start rejoicing when other people get blessed. Pray for the man that God has in God's timing, nobody else's timing. Because you've had men that were outside of God's timing and that wasn't the right man. And then I'm thankful for the friends and the relationships that God has surrounded me with in my life. Right? In your marriage, with your, with your spouse. Right? Yeah, you don't have this or that. But rejoice when other people have that. Rejoice for what you have. Thank you, God, for giving me the woman that you gave me. Thank you, God, for the husband you gave. See, I can enjoy the great characteristics. They may not be like, right, sister so-and-so's husband online that does all the fake stuff that we know isn't real. But he is your man. And he does his things in the way that your marriage was designed. And you begin to be thankful for what God gave you. And you pray that God continues to grow your marriage. And then you're thankful for what God's given you and you rejoice in your marriage. Your marriage can change overnight. You get two people begin to rejoice over one another, praying for one another, and being thankful. I'm telling you, come on somebody out there. You can give the Lord a hand clap. If you all would learn to rejoice in the Lord always, I'm going to close with verse 8. Ooh, I got, give me one minute. Verse 8. I'm going I'm to close with this. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellence or praiseworthy, think about such things. For I have learned to be content whatever the circumstance. I know what it is to be in need. I know what it is to have plenty. I learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. Oh, what a secret for life is learning to be content with where you're at. I was like, I got it figured out. I could be happy with or without. I got the super cool thing or I don't have the super cool thing. Boy, if you'll learn to just be content with where you're at, I'm telling you, God will bring exciting things into your future. You, you won't miss them because you're enjoying the season you're in, enjoying where you're at, right? Enjoy exactly where you're at as part of the drive as you're going on your way to something great and amazing in your life. Learn to be content. Learn to be thankful. Rejoice in the Lord always. Pray and be thankful. I'm going to tell you what. 2023 will be remembered as your greatest year you've ever had if you'll do those three things. Come on, somebody out there. It wasn't about stuff. It wasn't about money. If money made marriages great, then Hollywood have the best marriages. But they don't. The great marriages are marriages that rejoice, are thankful, and pray. Those are great marriages. If you learned anything at all and you're watching online, I encourage you to be givers. Come on, you give the Lord a hand clap here today. One last one. Be a giver. Giving, is, giving makes life better. And when you give, it allows us to get this message out there. It allows us to push this message all over the world. And that's for all of you in here also, that a giving life is the best life. And that we're a church that believes in giving your 10%. You don't have to. You can come here for free all your life. We're fine with that. But the Bible says it. So I think that you do it. And the Bible talks about that life's 100 times better than when we give for the gospel's sakes and for God's sakes. And so I encourage you to be givers on your way out. Bow your heads, close your eyes. If you're here today and you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, I want to give you that opportunity right now. It's very simple. It's very easy. Say this prayer with me. Believe it. You have it. That's simple. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That whosoever, well, I'm a whosoever, believes shall not perish. The Bible says that you cannot earn your way into heaven with your works. Because the devil wants you to believe that you're not good enough. No, you are good enough. Jesus Christ made you good enough when he died for all of your sins. Not some of your sins. But all of your sins. Now, if you want heaven on earth, you got to make better choices and decisions. Best place to do is come to church once a week and kind of learn how to do that. Get energized and filled up. 
but you're going to heaven, right? You can make your mistakes. Just makes mistakes down here on earth. So we're going to say this prayer out loud. Believe it with me. You have it. Everybody out loud, please. Dear Father, I ask you right now, come into my life. Be my Lord and my Savior. I believe that Jesus died on the cross for all my sins and was raised from the dead. In Jesus' name, amen. To you, Living Word Virtual Church community. Each week, we come together during the live stream, chatting with each other through live comment sections. Then, during the week, our virtual church community reconnects in online share groups to discuss the weekend service and study the Word. To sign up, visit the Living Word Virtual Church community page on our website. We'll see you there.